Hello and welcome back to Nick Tiffany's Movie Reviews in the podcast form. Coming at you in audio and video on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. Today we were talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and their latest animated film, Mutant Mayhem. Now this film takes place, you know, five or some six years after we saw our last live action Turtles produced by Michael Bay. They've gone back to the animated route. And I think it's a smart move because they take a lot of pages out of the Spider-Verse series. And I mean that in the most complimentary way. You know, the artistic comic book page to real life has really stuck with audiences. It's something that has just been so well responded to worldwide, combining so many different art styles and being able to showcase them in a new kind of form of animation. Uh, it's really cool. And I'm really glad they went this route because TMNT has always been a really fun thing. And seeing them in live action was kind of cool, but it was also like, all right, I don't, I don't think these guys are teens. You know, these are like big hulking, like turtle men, you know? And, and so because of that, I, you know, I think you just lose a little bit of the, the boyishness perhaps, or the, the child like teenage like sensibilities that they kind of have as their characters. So going back to the animated route, it's like, okay, it's pretty clear. Yes, you know, maybe they're 14 or 15, but they're still relatively young in that sense. The references they're making, the things that they're interested in at that time in their lives, it all works really well, I think. And the art style is just fantastic. Half the time, it almost kind of looks claymation-esque. I know I've seen some people online, like, just give us an entire claymation turtles film and i'm sure that would work pretty well with all their rounded and smooth edges but for mutant mayhem you know i went into this movie really not knowing anything i'd seen an early screening was happening for it it's produced by seth rogan he's also written it alongside his writing and directing partner evan goldberg who also wrote the film it's directed by jeff rowe who'd done the the, the the Mutants and the Mitchells movie, you know, the Mitchells and the Machines. I never saw that one, but I heard it was enjoyable. So this is kind of their his next project from that. Seth Rogen is an admitted huge comic fan, huge TMNT fan. So he was kind of like, how can I breathe new life into this series? You know, find a new audience, but still connect with the one that has obviously kept it in the public for as long as it has been. And what they came up with was a really interesting origin story that doesn't lean too heavily on the ninja side of things. And I mean that in the sense like, you know, Master Splinter is not inherently some ninja warrior who can then train these four turtles in all the ways of the ninja. You know, the, the way they kind of look at it is, hey, the world above the sewer is terrifying and every human wants to kill you, smack you, destroy you in horrible ways. So, because we know sometimes that we have to go up there to get certain supplies, you boys need to be ready to defend yourselves. And I will watch all the kung fu movies in the world to learn all the greatest skills and then impart those on you. Uh, it doesn't take itself too seriously in a lot of ways, which was kind of nice because you're like, okay, this it feels a little more grounded. It feels more real where you're like, all right, well, there's already a rat who's going to mutate and become a father to these turtles. You're obviously stretching your imagination a little bit with this stuff, but it wasn't like, oh, this rat is also just like a super sensei who knows every form of martial arts 
and has access to all these cool weapons and will teach his children this growing up. So it, it feels a little more real in the sense that like, hey, I am your father, father figure, and I'm just trying to look out for you because I know the world is a horrible, evil place, especially to rats. You know, I think people are a lot worse to rats than turtles. Nobody, nobody's going to fight me on that, I don't think. So, you know, he's taken extra precaution. And because of this, they grow up living their life in the sewer. They're told this is the safest place for us. You know, nothing bad will happen to you here, but humans will never accept you. There are no good humans. They will hate you. They will try to kill you. And they will try to milk you, which was like milking was kind of like, I don't, I don't know why it was the joke that it was in this movie, but they were real afraid of getting milked by scientists, you know, chalk it up to some of that Seth Rogen humor perhaps. But I mean, admittedly, there are a couple big chuckles that come from that, but you're like, okay, well, there's a, that's a fear too. You don't want to, you don't want to go to the surface world and get milked, but obviously these are teenagers. They're angsty. You know, they want to get out of the sewers. They want to be where the people are. They're not so different from the Little Mermaid. And they're willing to venture out, kind of break rules, go around their dad's uh, curfews and whatnot, because, hey, we want to go watch a movie in the park with the humans, or we want to get as close to feeling like what real life could be. Dreaming, dreaming of going to a high school, having a locker and getting to hang with all the people there. They're like, I'm sure high school is great. Everybody loves high school, right? Especially when you're in high school. But the film's central conflict lies 15 years before the Turtles were created. A mad scientist by the name of Baxter, played briefly by Giancarlo Esposito, is creating certain ooze that's going to mutate insects and animals. You know, he was a human who never really had any family and so he's trying to curse all the humans of the world and i'm going to populate it with all these mutants but he was foiled before it could happen but as fate would have it a little bit of that ooze rolled into the sewers and so obviously it affected four young turtles and a rat but that's not all it affected there might have been a fly a super fly played by ice cube who also gets a little dose of that ooze and 15 years later, a villain by the name of Superfly is trying to create an army of mutated animals in order to take over the world. And I won't go much more into detail there, but what this film creates essentially for our characters is a really interesting look at, hey, I just want to be accepted. Obviously, we're four teenage turtle hybrid mutants. And no one's ever going to look at us as anything other than monsters. But just imagine if they looked at us as heroes. Imagine if for like one second they thought we were cool or we could talk about the same cool things that they like. You know, it's so far-fetched to believe. But there's also very real threats happening from other mutants. And, you know, just because we don't like the humans or, you know, we don't know them, doesn't mean we want to kill them, especially when they meet April O'Neil, played by Io Edebiri. She is their human contact in the world, another kind of loner on the outside, not really accepted by the people around her, looking for any semblance of friendship or family. And so what they find in each other 
is a chance to say, hey, you know what? You help us maybe get some good press with the people. We'll do some heroics. And then maybe people will accept us and actually like us. And for a movie that's hardly over 90 minutes, I mean, this movie's a breeze. A really enjoyable breeze, though. I mean, I really, I really liked what they had to say about their heroics, about why you want to be a hero, why you want to feel like you belong somewhere, looking at some of the choices parents make, perhaps thinking it's best for their children, but not giving them the chance to grow or to experience things on their own. You know, it it totally caught me off guard a little, actually, for, you know, like for a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie, obviously there's tons of jokes, there's tons of pizza jokes, there's lots of modern day, you know, it's like a battle between the Gen Z and millennial jokes now. We're at a point where I'm sure obviously it's true. Teenagers are like, oh man, you know, this is just like Avengers Endgame. And we're talking about Mark Ruffalo. Some of those things, you know, they seemed very like Seth Rogen. Like, I feel like you can hear them all sitting around smoking a joint or something and like, hey, you know, Mark Ruffalo, he improvised that stuff, man. He's really good. It like it, it comes through the young characters. And so it's like, all right, I, I can hear Rogen and Goldberg through the youth but uh but i know that there are teens out there who are like man the best movie i've ever seen is avengers endgame is avengers infinity war you know and and it's like the snake eating its own tail because i'm sure i remember when i first started going to critic screenings and they're like oh what are some of your favorite movies man and i'm like the dark knight is like one of the best movies of all time and it is it is but you know they're like oh recency bias they're like oh wait until you see the 1970s silent film era italian flick italianissimo you know it's it's age old because now of course i'm like oh kids there's tons better movies that you gotta watch first or you gotta watch this this and this if you like that you gotta go find this but such is life and that's how film and media and entertainment lives on and evolves so i'm digressing here a little bit I just, I don't know. I really, I really enjoyed this film. I'm really curious to see a second film. You know, it wasn't interested in diving like super deep into the lore. Like we're going to get Shredder right away. We're just going to give you everything in the first TMNT film. It leaves a little bit to be desired, maybe in that sense of like, okay, now that we've kind of established who they are, trying to find their footing in the real world, trying to become heroes and fight evil, maybe then you kind of go with uh, the Foot Clan and everything else. But this was super enjoyable. It was a packed theater. I went and saw it with kids and adults alike. Had a great time. I laughed a ton. Uh, Again, the art style. I really, again, if animation is moving in this direction, I think we're better for it because it's unique. It's new. You know, Disney and Pixar can still do their models and things over there. You can have Leica doing all their claymation and real sculptures and whatnot. I think this comic book art style is fascinating and I think it's working. I'm glad they chose to go this route. TMNT mutant mayhem. It's a blast. It is is more family friendly than it is. Maybe like teen friend. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, there's great action in there. It's totally fun. There's a, you know, it doesn't go so crazy, you know, for a movie also, though, where, you know, Donatello's got his wooden staff 
Michelangelo's got the nunchucks. Then you got Raphael, and I'm blanking on the name of him right now, but you know, he's got his two little daggers. And then Leonardo's got two swords. And so you're like, so how, how's it going to work when you're fighting people? Because Michelangelo and Donatello can just totally hit people anywhere with their weapons. And, you know, Leo and Raph, it's like, okay, I'm going to like hit you with the back of the sword. Maybe you're like, you know, you, you've kind of got to put them up against comparable enemies in the sense that obviously we're not going to have these guys just like straight up stabbing people. But maybe soon we'll get some like good slashes. I don't know. I think there's a lot of room for them to to progress and grow out this film, whether they do more sequels or another animated show. Who knows? But Seth Rogen, appreciate you putting the, the turtles back on the map for people. You know, there's tons of celebrities in this movie who, oddly enough, I mean, they play tons of other mutant background characters but rose Byrne, paul rudd i mean there were all sorts of people i'm looking at the cast after the movie and i was like huh i i never would have known a couple voices here and there kind of you're like oh yeah i know that voice by and large you know they did this with a, a mostly unknown cast as far as casting their uh their young turtles went but it's always something interesting where i'm like you know i don't I don't know if Rose Byrne and Paul Rudd are going to be the the casting that like push this over the mountain. Ice Cube was great. Cube was great in a in a more villainous role that still allows him to be enjoyable with his humor style. But by and large, this is where I look at certain movies and it's like, all right, what's your budget? What are you paying people? What's the market for this film? Obviously, Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne are pretty close doing a lot of their uh, their neighbors' movies, their TV show Platonic. But it's just one of those, I'm like, well, I don't know. You you save a little money there. Do you make the film five more minutes longer? I don't know. I Again, I was surprised by how quick this movie was more than anything. I would have loved a little bit more Turtles, but that's, you know, that's just me. I always want a little bit more movie. So we'll see how this fares. I think it's a, a nice family-friendly, non-haunted mansion movie that will do well kind of on the back end of Barbie and Oppenheimer. I mean, because those two films are still holding strong, just cranking out money at the box office. But you got to have something for the family. And I think TMNT, Mutant Mayhem, fits that really well. So thanks again for listening, guys. We got Meg 2 next week. What more could you want than Statham and Sharks? Stay tuned. There's a lot of good stuff coming. Thanks again for listening, guys.